when you look at Scripture, it's just so unbelievable to me that God's taking the service the way that it, He is so far today, knowing what I've got on my heart to share with you guys. Um, we're beginning a new series today called Difference Maker. And as I was praying and preparing for this, God just kept dropping in my heart over and over again. I made a difference in your life so you can make a difference in others' lives. I made a difference in your life so you can make a difference in others' lives. When you look at Scripture in whole, you're looking at Jesus. Old Testament and New Testament all points to Jesus. Every prophecy, every shadow, every type points to Jesus. The New Testament is all about Jesus, his work on his cross, his resurrection from the dead, what he's done in our lives, and how he prepares us to go and point other people back to Jesus. It all centers and focuses around Jesus. Um, John 3.16 If you went to Sunday school, you probably memorized this verse 20 times before it was all said and done. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That right there is everything in a nutshell. Jesus Christ, his sacrifice on the cross, and what he did for us. When we gather on Sundays, we gather to worship him and praise him for what he's done in our lives. When we go out to tell others about him, it's because of what he's done in our lives. Everything that we are or will ever be hinges on the work that Jesus did on the cross, guys. You can't get away from it. It's John three sixteen. You know, I, one preacher one time told me, that if you really want to personalize this verse, you can put your name right where that word world is and say, for God so loved me. For God so loved Josh. For God so loved Lance, Kelly, Brad, Scott, Anthony, Tony, Larry. For God so loved us so much that he sent his one and only son, to die for us. And we got to think about that, guys, because we can never get to the place in life where we lose sight of the power of this. We can never lose sight of the power of this. If we're not careful, we can lose the simplicity of the gospel and the power of its impact in our lives. And Sunday becomes Sunday, a Wednesday becomes Wednesday, and church becomes something that we go to instead of a place we get to go to give God glory and honor for what he's done in our lives. And it can become a routine. It can become commonplace. It can become something that, that we're used to. And I want to tell you, I never want to get used to the fact that Jesus Christ gave his life for me. He gave his life for you. It's the most powerful truth that all of Scripture rotates around. How dare we, how dare we take something so powerful and make it something commonplace? Man, Sunday becomes Sunday, Wednesday becomes Wednesday, and we try to decide whether or not we're actually going to get up out of bed or we're too tired to go to church on a day. 
or whether or not we're going to bring our families, or whether or not we're going to give God the honor that He's due. I'm blown away that from the first court of worship, we are not on our face giving glory to God because He has saved us all from the fire of hell that we all deserve the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We don't have to go there. Is there nothing else worth getting excited about? Oh my gosh, it's the most powerful truth in our lives. How in the world can it be so common? He's done so much. He's done so much in our lives. And if we're not careful, we'll lose the simplicity of the gospel. And we'll turn it into something complicated. And we'll get caught up in the workings of our departments. And who's doing this and who's doing that. And where we're supposed to be on our ministry teams. And, and how well we know the, the songs. Or how well we got our notes done if we're going to preach. Or, or this, that, and the other. And those things are important. Yeah, but we can't get so caught up in the technical details of it that we lose the heart behind it all. Jesus died for each and every one of us. For each and every one of us. Um, this is all through Scripture. One of the most powerful examples, though, in the Bible, of the gospel of Jesus, we find in the book of John. Um, what chapter is it? I believe it's chapter 8. Jesus has this encounter with this woman who's caught in adultery. And you have this collision between two mindsets. You've got Jesus coming with grace and transformation and forgiveness. And you have the religious leaders of the day bringing this woman out to accuse and to attack and to bring death by the letter of the law. It's a perfect picture of the gospel. At dawn, he appeared talking about Jesus in the temple courts where all the people were gathered around him. There's something about Jesus. When he's on the scene, people gather. And he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery and the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? Jesus just absolutely blows her mind. They're using this question to try to trap him. Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And he stooped down and he started writing again. You see that happening in my mind. At this those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, till only Jesus was left with a woman standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No. He said, Neither do I condemn you. Now go and leave your life of sin. What a beautiful picture of the gospel. What a beautiful picture. You've got religion bringing a woman out to be accused and killed. And you've got Jesus stepping in to stop it, to cover with grace, and bring transformation. We can never get past the point where that is what matters most in our lives. Amen? There's a few things we can glean from this just looking at it. And the first one is this, that by grace, Jesus doesn't condemn us. But he protects us from the accuser and the penalty of our sins. 
Religion is always going to accuse. The enemy is always going to try to point fingers. But I'm here to tell you, you can't go to a place in your life where Jesus can't reach you. It doesn't matter where you come from or what you've been through. The love of God can restore. He can heal. He can put you back on track and set you at a place of restoration. So you can become literally a new creation in Jesus. His grace covers. His grace restores. The second thing that we can pull from from this scripture is this. Is that change doesn't come from religion. But a savior that loves us enough to rescue us. There's nothing that the ritual of coming to church can do for you to change your life. Nothing. There is nothing really that even a ministry within this church can do to change your life. It's all system, it's all teaching, it's all this. At the heart, we want to see Jesus glorified, and we approach it that way. But coming to church on Sunday doesn't impact and change your life. An encounter with Jesus Christ is what changes our lives. What changes our lives. Guys, we can't dip down into the place where we become so, so, so judgmental in our hearts and finger-pointing towards other people. And, and so used to what's happening in a church that we lose sight of the fact that this is all about Jesus transforming somebody's life, no matter what they've come through. No matter where they are right now, whether they walk into church drunk, whether they're in a gay relationship, whether they've got anger issues and they just last night beat their wife half to death and they came in today to ask for forgiveness and to change their lives. Different backgrounds, different situations. Guys, we've got to love and let God have room to move in the lives of people. Religion is never going to change anybody, but Jesus always will. Jesus always will. Here's a third thing that we can pull from this is that the grace that saved us makes us a new creation and teaches us to say no to sin. I don't know how many times I've heard people read this, this passage of Scripture and they always say, anytime you try, anytime as a pastor you come in and you try to preach and you try to correct and you try to help people not go to hell, which is my motivation. I don't want to see anybody go to hell. But they, they always throw back the scripture and they always say, the Bible says, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. What are you supposed to do with that? But they forget about the rest of the story because Jesus did say that. He did say that, but when he said that, he was talking to the religious leaders who were trying to accuse and destroy this woman's life. Shut it down. But he looked at that same woman a couple of verses later and said, Hey, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. That same grace, that same grace that forgives us, that same grace that sets us free, that same grace that sets us up to be a new creation also helps us to walk away from our life of sin. Amen? Can walk away from our life. It's the beauty of the gospel and that Jesus doesn't just save us. And restore us. But he gives us the freedom to become new creations. And walk away from the bondage of the stuff that tried to destroy our lives. What a beautiful, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful what he does for us. That he loves us enough to reach us where we are. Wherever we are in life. But he loves us too much to leave us there. He loves us too much to leave us there. That's why I always say that, you know what, it's okay not to be okay. It's okay not to be okay. But just remember that Jesus died on a cross so that we don't have to stay that way. We can never forget what Jesus has done for us. The beautiful picture of the gospel. 
Why does that matter, Josh? It matters because Jesus makes a difference in us so that we can make a difference in the lives of others. He makes a difference in us so that we can make a difference in the lives of others. All of that grace, all that forgiveness, all of that love that he gave for us, you realize he gave for everybody else. Because he didn't just die for us. The Bible says that he loved the world. He loved the world in its sin, in its jacked up state, and still sent his son to die. God does stuff in us so that we can step out to be used to impact the lives of other people. Amen? And we can't get away from this. This all revolves around Jesus and what he does in our lives and what he can do in and through us into the lives of other people. It's all in Scripture. Mark chapter 16. If you've been in church more than five minutes, you probably heard a pastor read this off. This is Jesus speaking to the disciples. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. Whoever believes will be saved. Whoever doesn't will be condemned. You realize that when we don't step out to do our part to share the love of Jesus to others, that there are people that will stand condemned and unreached because of our apathy. Because of us being used to church, being Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And we lose sight of the power of what Jesus has done in our lives. Guys, it doesn't get any more real than this. It doesn't get any more. Now, we could bust out some fancy teaching in here and talk about the ark, and we could talk about the covenant, we can talk about the temple and how, what everything represents, and that's great teaching, but I'm telling you what, it's never going to get any more real than this right here, what Jesus has done in our lives and what he asks us to do in the lives of others, to tell people about him. That's it. That's it. Go. You know, that's an action word. Go. Go. You can't get up and go when you're on the couch, can you? You can't get up and go when you're comfortable on a seat, can you? You can't get up and go when you're hiding behind an instrument. You can't get up and go when you're hiding behind the media center. You can't get up and go when you're hiding in the classroom. It doesn't negate our responsibility to get up and go and tell the world about Jesus Christ what he's done in our life, and what he can do in their life. So get up and go. Get up and go. Acts is another this is powerful block of Scripture. Acts 1. This is Jesus talking again. He says, It's not for you to know the times or the dates. The Father is set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Guys, if you think what happened this morning in church has been powerful so far, you need to pray and prepare this week for what God is going to do in this place next Sunday. Because we're going to have an entire service set up and geared around who the Holy Spirit is, what His function is in our lives, and how He can equip and empower us to go out and make a difference in our world. All the healing, the raising out of the dead, all the gifts of prophecy, and all that stuff that you read about in Scripture, that flows through the Holy Spirit of the living God. Man, you're ready to take your walk with God to a whole new level. I'm telling you, you want to be here next week. It's going to be powerful. I'm going to be praying and fasting off and on all week, believing for God to do something powerful in this place next week that will make what happens today look like a drop in the bucket. It's going to be good stuff. You're going to want to be here for that. We'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on us. But look at this. He says, 
And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world. And. Like there's a continuation with that statement. Jerusalem and then Judea and Samaria and then to the ends of the world. You know, God intended for us to go out into the world to let everybody know about his son Jesus and what he can do in their lives. Amen? Amen. Said that enough this morning. I think this is the heart of the whole thing. This is the heart of the whole thing this morning, guys. We're supposed to go out. It's a plan of attack. The way the cities were set up was you had Jerusalem sitting here and then you had Judea and Samaria on the outer rim and then you've got the rest of the world out there. Jesus was setting up a plan of attack. He never intended for his church just to stay in Jerusalem. All right, listen, Jesus does not intend for Life Point Church just to stay in this room right here. We're supposed to go out and tell the world about this Jesus that we serve. Amen? And, and, and. So we, we get filled up with the Holy Spirit here, so we go out to our families and we tell them about Jesus. And we go to work and we let the people know. And we go out in public. And when we get the opportunity, we let people know about what God has done in our lives. And, and, and. And when the doors open up, we walk through it. But I tell you what, it's a whole lot more comfortable just to stay in Jerusalem, isn't it? It's a whole lot more comfortable just to stay in Jerusalem. I'm telling you guys, as long as I'm the pastor of this church, we are never going to get comfortable and park our butts in this seat and not do anything to reach the world out there. I'm going to be in your face. and I'm going to be challenging you. I'm going to be encouraging you. I'm going to be leading the way and setting the example. But we cannot be a people that get comfortable here and forget about the world out there. Okay? It's so easy to get comfortable in Jerusalem. That seat's just so-so. She's so-so. See, when you get comfortable in Jerusalem, though, stuff starts to happen. You start to notice that Jerusalem has flaws. And so you start to nitpick. So you start to complain. Well, that message was good, but I would have done it this way. Yeah, worship was fine, but I wish they would do this. I hate the color of the walls. How long are they going to have stupid stains in the carpet of this building? Can we just not have one extra stupid bathroom in the building? Is it okay? Can we just have maybe three bathrooms instead of two toilets? We could have three and move it on. There's, there's always going to be something messed up and wrong. But as long as we stay camped out in Jerusalem, we're going to get bored. And here comes the fighting. Here comes the aggravation. Here comes Brad getting upset with, with, um, with Tanya. Here comes... Because hey, dadgum Tanya, Tanya Mathis always coming into church and smiling. I know she ain't that happy all the time. It's just stupid. It's fake as a $3 bill. Nobody could be full. And then, and then you got Sharina, who's upset with Anthony. I'm so sick of him walking in with Alabama stuff on. I hate Alabama. It's the dumbest thing. I know he's doing it to mock me. We get sideways and aggravated and argue over these stupid things and when you lose sight of the mission it's easy to get distracted by all the stuff that doesn't matter isn't it the truth though we've all seen it happen i've had it happen in my life the second i take my eyes off of him the second i take my eyes off of him and who he's called me to be and what scripture has called me to do man i'm telling you nothing but frustration aggravation negativity division starts to work in as soon as you put your eyes on him it all falls through and goes through that filter of what he can do in our lives and how many people we can reach 
how many people we can reach and see you impacted because of Jesus Christ. I want our church, in my heart of hearts, I want to see so many things happen here. God's given me just visions for ministries and things and years worth of a vision that I know that we're going to have to wait a little while for leaders to step into and that's awesome. Uh, it gives us something to look forward to. Um, but I always want this church to be a church that unchurched people can attend. Always. Why? Because it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. We can never shut the doors of this church to somebody because they don't look like us or talk like us or even live a lifestyle that we would approve of. We cannot come to the place where we have a religious focus and filter that we put the ministries of this church through. I want this church to be a church that unchurched people want to attend and are comfortable to attend. I'm on the phone always talking to people. Um, before Kelly and I stepped in to the church, God kind of laid this on my heart to go out and reach these people and reach these people and reach these people. Why? Because all the churches around here are reaching the people that they're going to reach. I believe that LifePoint Church can reach the unreached people of this county. I really do. I really do. I believe God can put us in a position to use us powerfully to reach the unchurched in this area. Why? Because that's, that's the gospel in and of itself. I want to see people reached. Call and talk to people before we took over this church. And I had conversations with atheists. I had conversations with lesbians. I had conversations with gay guys. I had conversations with, you know, just agnostics. People who were in church for a while and just fell away. And just picking their brains and talking to them. And, and everything that they said would all come down to one thing. And, and I know that we throw up the guys sometimes, you know, you hear people say, I don't go to church because it's full of hypocrites. And, you know, I'm finding when I talk to people that that's not so much the case. It's not that they point fingers at our faults and say, I'm not going to go to church because the people there are just as jacked up as I am. Is that they say, I'm not going to go to church because the second that I do, I get fingers pointed at me. Because I don't fit in. And people see my faults. I don't feel comfortable bringing my transgender child in because of how they're going to be received. I don't feel comfortable walking in with the issues that I have because I know how church works and people are going to point things out. It, I don't want that to ever be the atmosphere here at Life Point Church. I want this to be a church where we let people come in and let God do what God does best and impact and change the hearts of everyone that comes through these doors. I want this church to be a church that's outreach focused in everything that we do. Everything that we do. Right now our church is tiptoeing in outreach. I want us to dive in head first to make a difference in this county and in this community and in the people that our lives touch. Amen? There's a lot of stuff we can do, guys. There's a lot of stuff we can do. There's a lot of stuff that's going to be happening here at our church. We're going to be working with the county on uh, the, the ultimate block party that's coming up at the, at the end of April. We're going to be neck deep in that, working with the county to get out and reach people. Uh, for Jesus, um, there's a taste of Douglasville we're going to be out there in in September days. Those are three big community opportunities for us to be a part of. 
part of Life Point Church. Last year, we gave away, I think it was like 66 or 68 book bags to families that had need of school supplies. And we were able to bless them and see lives changed and give people a little bit of Jesus. This year, I've already got Nelson and Mickey Rivera working on this outreach. And we're believing God to open up the doors for us to not just do 68 or 66 book bags we're believing god to open up doors and we're already getting supplies coming in so that we can impact and reach between 1500 and 2000 students with supplies and reach those families for jesus at the end of this summer big stuff that we're believing god big stuff we're believing god for wouldn't it be awesome if our church adopted a block or two in the community behind us while we're here at this building and just went out and knocked on doors and prayed with people. I can't pray with... But come on now, we need, to, we need to get over this stuff so we can get out there and pray with some people for Jesus. Amen? Get out there and pray with people and serve our community in practical needs. You might not be able to stand up and preach, I get that, but can you rake leaves? Can you cut grass? Can you help paint houses? Can you change light bulbs? There's a lot of practical things we can do to get out and serve our community. Now, we're not there yet. We don't even have that organized, but wouldn't it, can you imagine? Wouldn't it be awesome if Life Point Church was a church that was out there in the community building relationships and letting people know about Jesus, serving people practically, showing them the love of God? Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome if eventually the men of our church got so on fire for God that they wanted to do something to make an impact. And out of the church, the men of our church put together a ministry that would serve the single mothers of our church and the widows in our church and help them with projects around the house. But through word of mouth, that 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 ministry could turn into an outreach to the single moms and the widows of Douglas County where we go out just to meet practical needs in their lives and serve them just because we can and we have the skill, and we have the heart to let them see Jesus move through us that way. We can make an impact in this community. Amen? Make an impact in this community. There's so many things that we could do as a church. I I want to see every ministry in this church have some kind of outreach outlet so that we can reach the world. Why? Because it matters. We can never get past the fact that Jesus died for us, and it's our responsibility to let others know that he died for them. Amen? Can't do it. Um, Third thing is this. I want us to be a church. I want us to be a people. Where we can become a people that take the love of God to those in our world. I want to ask you a question as we're getting ready to close this morning. God sent Jesus to this world because he loved us. Jesus died on a cross because he loved us. He rose from the dead, the keys of death, hell, and the grave, because he loves us. Who have you loved lately enough to tell about the Jesus that has so powerfully impacted your life? Who have you loved enough lately to let know about Jesus? I want us to be a church where we're so moved by what God has done in our lives. We are so close to the heart of God. We are so in tune with His Spirit. I want us to be a church that captures that heart of God to go out and tell those 
in our world, the people that we run into, about the Jesus that we say has made such a big difference in our lives. And I believe we can do it. And I believe by stepping out in outreach and stepping out and, and not giving, like, a, uh, not reciting the entire Bible to people, but just saying, you know what, you're going through a hard week. I've had hard weeks too. Man, I tell you, I'm so grateful that when I go through stuff and it's tough, man, I got my relationship with God to help carry me through. Can I pray with you? Change somebody's life. Change somebody's life just by praying. Simple, simple. Romans chapter 1. Paul writes this. He says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I want to challenge you as a church and the presence of God that I still feel in this place right now to not be ashamed of the Jesus that has changed your life. I want to challenge you to rise up and impact the people that are around you. And let Jesus have the opportunity to do in their lives what he's done in ours. Are you with me? Are you with me? Ushers, if you will, please come. We've got some cards that we prepared to pass out to you guys. And I want to explain to you what this is all about because Easter's coming up. Here in a few weeks. And I mean just a few weeks. The first week in April is Easter Sunday. April Fool's Day. No less. We can have some fun with that, I think. April Fool's Day. Talk about celebrating the, the greatest trick ever pulled on somebody. Jesus was a master of that. He's a master of that. The ushers are going to go ahead and pass these cards out to everyone here. We have a great opportunity as a church, guys, to see God move powerfully in the lives of people. How's that going to work, Josh? Simple. Easter's coming up. You know what the, one of the biggest days of the year that people go to church on is? Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. Church studies show that especially on Christmas and especially on Easter, and Mother's Day sneaks in there too, but especially on Easter, that if you will just invite somebody to church, that they're about 80-85% more likely to say yes to you. Because it's just the day. And I was praying and I was thinking, you know, since people already are kind of open to the idea of coming to church on Easter, why don't we take advantage of that as a church and get a little strategic about it and invite people in on Easter Sunday that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because they're more likely to come anyway. Why don't we cash in on it and invite people and see what God can do in their lives. And this is what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks. We're going, to, we're going to be talking about some of the powerful things that God does to make a difference in our lives. And we're going to be talking about some practical things we can do individually and as a church to see God move powerfully through our lives to impact others. We're going to be telling the testimonies of some of the people in our church over the next few weeks. Powerful testimonies. 
talking about just, just what God has brought them through in their lives. How many of you know God's done some powerful stuff in some of the people here in this church? And we're going to be highlighting and, and we're going to be focusing on these testimonies and the struggles that God has brought people through over the next few weeks. On Easter Sunday, I'm going to get up and I'm going to retell the story of these people whose testimonies we're going to hear over the next few weeks. And I'm going to talk in a real way about how God can move people out of struggles and issues into a place of freedom and purpose in relationship with God. And at the end of the service, I'm going to be able to point to the people on those videos and say they're not just people we're talking about. These are living, breathing people that attend our church that we've seen God move powerfully in. And I'm gonna th- we're going to throw that out and preach some good, good gospel and watch Jesus work in the hearts of these people that we're going to bring. And I'm going to give an altar call and I'm believing for it to be full of lives that are going to be transformed by the blood of Jesus Christ. I believe that if we get focused over the next few weeks of the church and we pray for some people and we invite some people, we can fill this place up and watch God rock the worlds of the people that we bring. Now, that sound like a good idea to you? Sound like a good idea to you? Amen? I believe God can do something powerful through it. I'm going to ask the band to come back up, and they're going to lead us in another song or two of worship. What you've got in front of you is a card. It's blank. This is what I want to challenge you to do. I want to challenge you while the band's playing to write down the names of people that you know right now in your world that you can reach. Maybe nobody else can reach them but you. Somebody that you could, if the door opens, talk to about Jesus. But write down the names of people that you know that need God in their lives. Write them down. And we're going to pray over those names before the service is out for God to begin to move in the hearts and the lives of these people. But I want you to take this card with you as a reminder to pray for these names over the next few weeks. Are y'all with me? So for the next four weeks or five weeks, however long it is until Easter, we as a church are going to come together and every week we're going to pray for the names that we're writing down and we're believing for God to work in their hearts. We're believing for them to come to church this Sunday. We're going to pray and we're going to invite. We're going to pray and we're going to invite and we're going to make a big focus of our church over the next few weeks getting those people in here so on that target day we can give them the gospel. And God's going to do a whole lot in between too because I bet you some of those people that you invite will come to church before then. But on Easter Sunday, we're going to bring these people in and watch God move powerfully in their lives. So I'm going to ask the band to go ahead and start playing. Take a few moments, just pray, and ask God to show you somebody that you can write down on that card. Begin to pray for God to move and impact their lives.